Okay, so now it's recording, I believe, except we're on mute. Well, that's good. Did we start on time? Nope. <laughs> it is exactly time right now to start. Yep. Sounds good. Oh, there's a tissue box. Hallelujah. That's what I was going to bring in the room with tissues, just in case. I might need one. Which is out. Pieces go. Let's turn off the music, too. Yeah. Is Alexa off or something? Alexa, shut up. I can't really hear what you're saying, Adam. stress 
and trauma and how that past stress and trauma impacts our lives and our current relationships and allow you to get beyond that. My name is Adam Tajdeen. I'm the host of the Ultra Perform show and Passionate Living with Adam. And what we do and with our clients, we help them with their most important vehicle, which is their body, and we help them with uh, mastering their marketing and doing it for them or creating a marketing plan for them to implement. We do the work for you if you want. I'm Elizabeth Mutervi, a sign language interpreter and certified life coach. And um, I love making a difference with just people achieving the goals they didn't really think was possible. They didn't think were possible. Great. You know, it's funny we're talking about goals and failure today. It's my fault that I brought failure, right? Um, But, uh, you know, it's a good example of us. You know, when things don't work out, it's easy for us to go, ah, I can't do this. So you just quit. Should we just quit? I'll do the show today. I could go to bed. I'm actually okay with that. As long as we're going to do something better and more productive. We might as well just go to bed in an hour from now. Okay. All right. You guys are missing me. (laughs) (laughs) So, Hebert, you're going first. So tell us about the power of goals. Um, so the first thing I wanted to do is distinguish the difference between goals and dreams. Anybody have any quick ideas about where I'm going to go with this? Um, I'm dreaming of like having a big house and, um, you know, a, a big business. Okay. Is that a goal? Um, it becomes a goal as soon as you create actions mm. and like actually put something into reality. So I can dream about going on a cruise, but until I actually book a date, it's just a dream, not a goal. Yeah. So, um, so that's the first thing I want to talk about is like, how do we, because there's going to be a, like a reality that's going to come out of it, which is going to be the second thing we talk about um, that I'm going to bring up. So, um, can, I, get, can I jump in for a second, Hammer? Sure. Good. That's, that's a rhetorical question. So the number you want to call if you want to. Uh, Give a have a question answered or discuss something uh, is seven one three nine five five zero five three one and we'll put you on live and if you want to listen to this show you can listen that way also but keep in mind I might see if you will have a question and then put you back on mute um, also you can comment on the Facebook feed and you can we'll try today to go ahead and comment on the Instagram and the YouTube feed and if you if we can, we'll try to answer your questions. At the very least, we'll answer after the show. Go ahead, Eber, take it away. So once you take a, um, a dream and you want to turn it into a goal, then um, you've you got to map it out. So if you want to buy a house, you probably have like an income gap or a credit gap or something that realistically needs to be altered in your life. Um, so then you get into like what are the different opportunities to help you forward the goal and then and it becomes measurable um, and it becomes real. So in distinguishing the difference between a dream and a goal, like once you actually start taking actions on something, it's no longer a dream. It actually becomes a reality. So when I'm creating in coaching, when we're creating something with somebody, you know, they have this really big. Um, collapse in something that they want to create as far as their ambition. And as you begin to turn it into more of a goal and a structure, it actually becomes more real because things become more refined. And the dream actually, I mean, if I said, for instance, like I do want to go on a cruise, well, that's great. But what is that going to provide me with? And what else? Like, where do I want to go? Like any cruise? Like our dreams are very vague. They tend to be very vague. But when we start getting really specific about like what's it going to cost to go on a cruise, um, when is an actual appropriate time to go? So as we start, and that's that's a really easy objective to create for somebody, I think. Um, but when it comes into like a business, like creating a business, you might dream about creating a business. There's a lot of um, 
practical actions that have to be taken in order for that to function appropriately. So, I don't know if you have any questions. I, I don't know. Anybody have yeah. any questions? What do you do when it's because uh, I've noticed like I get that, but I've also noticed sometimes people or you being me or people or me get so attached to like a specific thing, it seems to almost block it. Like mm. I have to have that parking spot. I have to have that person. I have to have a meeting with Arnold Schwarzenegger or mm. Matt Damon, or I have to have that person on my show. I've noticed how sometimes it blocks you too. Okay. Well, um, and I also notice sometimes it shows up, but I've never, I've never quite gotten the dance of that. that sure. Right. Mm. So I, um, that's a really good point because um, under, Underneath all that is an expectation that you have for yourself. Mm -hmm. um, like, you know, like meeting Arnold Schwarzenegger. It's typically something that's like emotionally that you're attached to. And if you were actually to like refine it even deeper, you'd get what you were actually attached to and get that you were probably fulfilled all along the while. Um, you mean, can you be like more specific? So like, let's say Adam wanted to have Arnold Schwarzenegger on his show. Yeah. Say more about like the attachment versus. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. Yeah. So what is it that act, what is it that you having a show with Arnold Schwarzenegger would actually provide you? Well, I was using an example. I'm not like. Sure, but it, on him. I, I just trying to understand. Yeah. yeah. No, no, I know. And I just but that's my point. I'd love to have you on the show, Arnold. <laughs> <laughs> I was just using an example. But my, my Bert knows that my friend Bert knows him. My bird. My bird. Yeah, bird. He is your bird. <laughs> I don't have a bird. Yeah. He's your bird. I have one bird. I have a bird. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you want two? I can lend you. Bird and you can I like to have two yeah, birds. You have two birds. I'm okay with being a loner bird. <laughs> so, um, what would it provide for me? Uh, connection, um, credibility, uh, insight. I'm sure. You can listen to his videos or whatever he's doing, but ha meeting him in person, even if it's like, how are you, and you have him on the show, mm -hmm. would be a completely significant way, just like uh, being at, a, at an event, listening to a speaker, and having lunch with that speaker okay. you know, or something. And so there'd be a lot of, there'd be multiple things that would come from that. that there'd be a, a great outcome from that. Mm -hmm. And then is there, as, like, if you were to project that as a, as a goal, to have a, an interview with Arnold Schwarzenegger, is there um, any other things in your life that would produce the same result? Other stars, I guess, of that yeah. caliber. So as you as you as you project this goal, as you create it, and you become more specific and home in what you're doing, you're going to find that along the path, you're going to actually get that same sense of emotional fulfillment. And it may manifest or not, but that just depends on how you actually create it and go about it. So we, I mean, you could map that out. And if you were to use, um, you're going to talk about failure a little bit later, but if you were to use your crap measure of effectiveness um, as whether or not it was specifically Arnold Schwarzenegger or somebody else, that would be just inside of your own creation. Like when we create a goal, the more specific we get a lot of the times, as you pointed out, we crowd out a lot of other possibilities, mm -hmm. but when you actually create the goal based inside of like the outcome mm -hmm. or the sense of accomplishment that you're going for, then you actually stay present to that the whole time. And it's like, as we say in a lot of our training, you actually, when you create a goal, you get specific based off of the, um, the sense of accomplishment and you start mapping that on, you start pulling that towards you. That's a future that you create and you pull, pull toward yourself based off of a way of being an accomplishment. So does that suffice to answer your question? Yeah. So Tom Cruise won't do it. It has to be Arnold. Got it. I've, asked, I've actually, actually asked every star that I could think of. Okay. I got on a list. It's called Who Represents, something like that, whorepresents.com. Google that and you'll find it. It's a website you can contact the agent, some press people, which is really who I need to be speaking to. I we've emailed hundreds, literally hundreds, uh, and you get. I, I so I'll talk about this later, but I've gotten some responses. There's no, but I'm like, hey, we got a response from Jennifer, Jennifer Aniston's agent, great, or Channing Tatum, or yeah. I, I don't think we got an answer from Ellen DeGeneres, but 
Um, those are just examples. And so I look at that, oh, okay, uh, we need to just keep in touch with those people, let them know how the show progresses, and at some point, something will open up. Yeah. But at the same time, I, I expected, out of the hundreds we've emailed, uh, someone would have said yes, or maybe, or uh, how would you like to do it? Oh, that's not available. Things like that. Okay. But that hasn't happened. Great. So there's a gap. Mm-hmm. That's good. It's a good place to look and explore. And there's an acknowledgement there for like the exploration, because not everybody even puts themselves out there to get that form of rejection. Yeah, yeah. You, I'm like, I've been rejected thousands of times, and that's not just on a date. <coughs> cool. Anything else, Heber? I don't think so. And who's? Did you want to talk about being a block or two? Something valuable and measurable results. Um, Any more like unfolding? Well, I guess yeah. Once you, um, I guess I brushed on. Once you actually create the goal, um, mapping it out and getting it written down as acutely as possible brings it. Does that mean specific? Like as specific as possible, then it takes it from something that's conceptual, and you actually can start articulating the specifics of the goal. And it makes it more real because then it's not like it's not, it isn't a dream and it's not vague because if it can't be written down and it can't be represented in language or in numbers, then it's actually not as real as you think it is. So I think that's a big hang up a lot of people have in creating businesses um, or goals and ambitions is that if it it doesn't, I mean, spreadsheets are incredible. I mean, the power of a spreadsheet and be able to put your, even a vacation, create a vacation and be able to put it into a spreadsheet and how, how far out you can actually afford it, um, how long you need to save for it, how much money you need to put away for it. That's real. That's a very specific conversation. And, um, and you can nail down a lot of your objectives in that way and create how real it is. And once you see that it's not, then it's a conversation of economics. Do I need to increase how much I make to bring the time frame closer? Or do I need to uh, push the date of the vacation out? So when it comes down to measurable results, uh, that's where I would, that's the journey I would take you on in coaching. Great. Great. So this second. So what I'm going to talk about today is uh, dealing with reality, like the secret to actually achieving your goals. So when I say reality, what I'm, I'm talking about something specific, and that's what's outside of us, like outside of our mind, like occurs in physical, the physical world. Um, and what I've, like my experience has been, and, and I've certainly had friends experience that, you know, we think we want, it, rather than a goal, it's like um, a goal in physical reality. For example, I want my bathroom clean three times a week, right? That's, it's like, um, kind of like I want to be able to go in my bathroom and not have a good experience, like be peaceful or not be assaulted by smell, <laughs> whatever it is, right? So one is more of a conversation. Like every time I walk in the bathroom, I'm like, oh, what is that smell, right? That's, and um, versus, okay, what can I put into place so that like a structure and reality, like Hebrew was talking about, that is outside of my mind, and it can just, it either, it's going to either happen or not. Um, one of the, the sticky parts, or where I think we get stuck, is when we try and manage the conversation in our head, thinking that's going to change what's outside of us. So, like, when I don't feel depressed, then I'll exercise. Mm. Um, or... Um, when I feel, I don't know, when my kids all go to school and I feel better, I'll make friends. Mm. Um, so we try and like get help, read self-help books, feel better, think better. Um, and then we may feel better, but we're still not going to necessarily have that physical result of joining a gym or going to the gym three times a week or or whatever it is that we want to have move in physical reality. So, Dealing with reality means, okay, being able to separate that. Like, I have feelings, I have thoughts, I have emotions, like feelings, and they're not, like, they're not what exists outside of myself. I 
don't feel like I'm saying this very well. So um, we're always going to have whatever's happening inside of us. And if we take action outside of us, it's going to alter our life regardless of what's happening inside of us. The power is to, to look at, okay, what result do I want in the actual, the real world? And if it's, a, if it's a, an internal state change that we actually want, there are ways to go about doing that. There's therapy, there's professionals, um, doctors, people who get to the root cause that aren't, well, master nutritionists. There's ways to address our internal state, but it's not like when it comes to achieving goals, that's not where the power is. The power is in taking action that affects taking action outside of our internal state that will actually change things outside of our internal state. What are some of those actions that can take us from like a state of like daydreaming? about our goals or what we want or like an internal complaint. What are some of the actual practical actions that can be okay, taken? Great. So an example is um, I was, I, I got a new job last September in Provo and um, my gym was in Sandy and it no longer became practical to go to Sandy to work out. So I stopped working out and I noticed I didn't like I was lonely. Um, and looking at, okay, I know I need to exercise. And I started looking at what are some ways that I can just, that I can exercise. And um, I started lifting weights at home in the morning. But meanwhile, I was kind of on the lookout for like a social, like I prefer to exercise in a group. And I, a couple weeks, maybe two weeks after that, a friend of mine posted on Facebook, I want to start a group meeting and like weighing in to be accountable to each other for our, for our weight. She was on mainly weight loss. I was more focused on like, I just need the exercise. Um, anyways, and so I immediately just instant our private messenger saying, Hey, I want to exercise with a friend. Why don't we walk early in the mornings? And so now two to four times a week, we'll get up at and, and meet at 540 in the morning, halfway between our houses and walk three miles. So would you say that if you wanted to create a goal with other people involved, it would be helpful for the other people to know about it? Um, well, I knew, I, I, maybe. I'm pointing to communication. He's smiling when he does that. <laughs> he thinks so. Yeah. So, so, I'm just saying, like, you, you have an ambition to, to work out with other people, and there's 7 billion people on the planet, and if none of them know that you want to do a group activity, then you're still alone. You know, I, I, what I hear in what you're saying is it would have been really powerful for me to actually reach out to my community. Mm -hmm. And I had told a couple people like, Hey, I'm, I want to work out with friends, but that's as far as it had gotten. Mm -hmm. And it would have been more powerful to actually, when I knew I'm no longer going to be able to do this workout that I love in Sandy to start communicating, Hey, I've got a need. Who else has a need? Let's, let's do something sure. together. You know, let's play together. So I was just pointing at communication. Yeah. Communication would have been really powerful and action outside of myself. Yeah to create, because I was also looking for connection with people, right? right. Um, and that would have been a powerful way to open that up for, like, maybe there's somebody else looking for that. And, like, my friend who walks with me, she's extremely busy, but she can work, she can walk at 540 in the morning, right? So that's why we right. picked that time. But you're right, communicating would have been a great way to have that reality alter of I'm on my own and I'm going to drive to Sandy and work out at this gym by myself, you know? Yeah, uh, well, I'm, I'm wondering, because um, I think communication is really broad, and I can use I could use communication as a solution to everything. But I'm wondering if if we were to brainstorm as a mastermind, what are some other practical applications um, we could come up with that are not communication, like as far as goal creating. So and this just came up for me. That's why I'm bringing it up. Yeah, I'm great. To, I'm not trying to put you on the spot. Like, oh, it's great. Other than communication, if if I wanted to get my goals out, like what are some other um, because a lot of people aren't going to be as intentional as I am and just get into communication and tell everybody about what I want, right? So I'm wondering, um, for those that are, that's less accessible for, what are some other like practical applications for creating goals? And this is open to everybody. You it's know, just, I'm just thinking of, um, like, I told my kids, Hey, I really want to work out. It, it basically made me like five minutes later to we meet in the morning and we read scriptures together. Mm -hmm. And I just had to communicate like we're gonna to need to shift the time so I can. So, I, but it still was communication. So I don't know. Now I'm hooked into everything I've been doing with communication. <laughs> well, 
Well, I think um, I think research and study um, is another practical way. Like I, I may not I may not go communicate about what my goals are, but I can get to, I can yeah. get a lot of I can get to the source of what's there for me by actually um, getting to the bottom of it and figuring it out for myself. Like that's just something that just popped up for me. So great. I'm just going. I'm just rolling with what you're talking about. So yeah. One thing I do is like. Um, instead of putting it in categories, I just look at like what is one thing that I know will move me forward, even if it's like you know an inch. You know what, mm. what's one thing? Because I know I can always find one, and if I can't think of one, my one is getting into communication and ask somebody else to come up with one, right? Mm. So that's that's great. One thing I do. I had one question. Um, how do you get out of your head, out of the internal dialogue, and get in action? Can you repeat that? Was yeah. How do you how do how do people get out of their head? Because you know it's like well it? well I'm sick you know so I don't want to do yoga today or I whatever you know and that's what you're saying is it's really powerful if you just take action up here and you just get that this is kind of a state that's going to change all the time. Yeah. But how do you do that? Like people know what they should be doing. How do you? Okay. So get in for action? me, what really works. It, and I know I just, I feel silly saying this, but really it is communicating with someone powerful. So I have a whole, like a, literally a list on my phone of people that I text and I say, hey, I'm stuck. Uh, and I either make a new promise, like I'm going to do this and I'm going to text you whether I did it or not. Or I say, I need a call. Can you call me? And I just go down the list because people are like, no, I'm like, fine, next, 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 right? Um, and I, and when I, like, for example, my sister is super powerful in keeping me grounded in reality and kind of being relatively objective about things. So I'll reach out to her and I'll say, um, I know there's this, like, um, just, I'm trying to think of, mostly I've been stuck in my relationships lately. So I'll call her and I'll be like, I'm on it or I'm upset about this or I'm, I'm making somebody wrong or I'm blaming somebody. But when I'm stuck, I reach out to somebody who I know and that will make a difference, whether or not they're an expert, if it's just someone you trust to see, like I need someone who sees me as, um, a powerful person, and that's about it. They don't really have to know anything to make a difference. That's cool. <clears throat> I do that. Yeah, so I think that's good for like dealing it. with reality. Yeah. Okay. Great. Hmm. What was I talking about? <laughs> so, um, failure. I was talking about failure. Uh, one of the biggest things that will stop you from your goals is failure. Failure will show up in so many different ways. Sometimes it's like, I can't do it. I don't know how to do it. Um, a lot of time I think it's your skill level that stops you because you could go to a seminar or a class or whatnot and they taught you how to do it. And here's how you do it. But you've only done it never, right? So after the hundredth time you've done it, you're going to have that skill and confidence on how to do it like uh, this show. You know, I, I, I could start earlier. Right. And so, but I know it's going to be easy for me to start on. We're on, today we're on Facebook. We're on Blog Talk Radio, which will be on iTunes and iHeart automatically after we're done. Uh, we're on Instagram and we're on YouTube today, but I, I misplaced the camera for the Twitter. But we're on all those. So when I first did it, I was nervous and a little stressed. And if it wasn't for being a course supervisor at Landmark and being the only person running the self-expression course that I did, because uh, we didn't have anyone in the system, it was a breakdown. Mm. Um, uh, or uh, on the streets, no shit hit the fan. But, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'd run everything on my own. And that experience... I related to the failure because I was upset. I was sweating. I was running around the room, setting up chairs and copying stuff and grabbing people and saying, hey, can you do this? Hey, can you do this? Um, it wasn't until a year later or so I decided I'm going to simulcast on five different things. I can do that. I didn't realize until I started doing it, oh, and I had to test everything first, like I was talking to you about. I, I didn't say I was going to talk about this, but this is what showed up for me to, now, is that I had the experience to deal with multiple things at once hmm. where um, 
where uh, I could do it. I was like, yeah, I'd have guests here too, and I'd be talking to them. Uh, the first time David came in to do it, I'm like, you, you were doing this by yourself? Being a guest and running the things and stuff. But it was because of the failure that happened in my life, and I didn't, I stepped through that was an important thing. I didn't just say, okay, that's, I mean, I did say that sucked, and I was complaining to everybody <laughs> at the time. No. Um, and after, yeah. And after. But I and kept. still. <laughs> yeah, I don't complain so much anymore about it. This isn't a complaint. This is like, that was my experience, no, right? Yeah. Um, uh, but uh, it gave me the experience because I was able to keep going though because a lot of time people will go oh, I'm never doing anything that looks like that again because I had this bad experience mm. well almost always unless you're like really a natural at something you're going to have a bad experience the first time you did it and not necessarily like mm. it doesn't have to be bad right that's how you, you can look at it like Oh, that didn't work. Like riding a bike, right? I fell the first time my mom let me go without the training wheels. <laughs> right? Now, I don't remember how I got back on it, but I realized, oh, you don't lean that much that way when you do that to keep your balance, right? Because I kind of remember that. I don't remember, but I don't actually remember when I got it, because I think I got it the next time I did it, because I didn't want to fall. <laughs> <laughs> right, and I got better and better at riding a bike. Um, whatever reason why there was enough of a uh, positive goal that I really wanted to ride a bike. That's what kids do. They want to move. It's freedom. Whatever I was attached to with that is what you could do when you're in life. Because if I didn't, uh, when we started the show on a, when I first started my show, all to perform, I started on my phone. I got to get this going. That's where I come from. Uh, start with what you have and work your way up, right? Now we have a little TV back here and another laptop and a bunch of cameras and people. Look, we have people. Um, and I just kept going with it. But the failure that shows up for you a lot of the time is the, your failure. I fail all the time every day. And some of it is, is part of the way I'm looking at it. But whatever it is now, then to the point, like, okay, great. I didn't do this. Like, I wanted to uh, box uh, three sets before you guys came. I only got one set in, and it was only a three-minute set, not a five-minute set. But I did it, right? That was kind of a failure today because yeah. I was running around. I had to fix the tripod. And some guy was going to come by that week, and he canceled, and da-da-da-da-da-da. But I'm like, okay, I'll do it later, right? Uh, I think one of the biggest things is uh, being able to give up and let go the attachment you might have to the failure, right? Like me asking all these stars to come on the show. I failed, like I said, hundreds of times, whatever. And then you tweak it, right? It doesn't mean you keep... Before you go on, so when you said you boxed one set this morning and it occurs like a failure, so now I'm separating out like, wow, we really assign a zero result kind of label Mm -hmm. to something where you actually caused a result. Like, you didn't have that much time, and you did it anyway, right? It wasn't, like, convenient. It wasn't the best. You're going to end up sweaty, and you did it anyway. But instead of, like, I did it anyway, now it's, like, I failed because I really wanted to do three five-minute sets, right? right? So that's interesting. And you're speaking, I just was, like, wait a minute, wait a minute. So it's Which almost like you need a different word, numbers, right? Because you caused something. Keep talking. Sorry. Keep talking. Okay. Yeah, you caused something, and it still occurred like I failed. So, I mean... I guess what, what's present for me is like, what if that's what's in people's way is they're just not acknowledging, they're actually causing results. That's brilliant. Yeah, that's true. And I was, I mentioned that it's the way I relate to it. I didn't say relate, I said something else, but the way it is in my head is that I'm looking at it as a failure. It is a, I did look at it as a success too, actually. I believe that it's not black and white. Things are multifaceted. Like, uh, Heber, you were asking me something. You said, oh, what would I get from Arnold being on the show? Mm-hmm. It's multiple things. It's not one thing. Right. right. And I think life is like that, but we tend to look at black or white. Mm-hmm. Right? I felt good that I did the three minutes. So one sure. of the things I can hear you say is that failure is an option. Failure is an option. Yeah. You hear that saying that failure is not an option, you know, but... It is an option, and I'd uh, say fair, failure is a guarantee. 
Failure is a guarantee. One of the things I'm curious about, though, is that we, you know, the metaphor about the bicycle is um, something that I think a lot of us go through when we're really young and ambitious and we feel like we can be reckless. So as we get older in life, we want to take less risk and failure, our failures become more significant. Mm. Um, and that might be a moral conversation, but that's a great segue to the to other part of my topic. Yeah. Um, but that's what I'm looking at is like, there's so many things I'm 34 years old. There's so many things I want to take on and the anticipation of failure becomes much more significant to me as I get older. So like having a relationship with failure is something that, um, like I, I avoid, right? We avoid failure. I think that's kind of what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. So I'm just kind of curious, like, how do I interact with that anticipation? Uh, get over it. Just get over it? Go do a lot of really stupid things? No, not necessarily. Because the thing about, so I call failure being practice, right? But you also have to pay attention to your results. It's okay to fail, but what can I do next time yeah. to do this better? What could I, like, we're talking about showing up on the show uh, uh, on time or early, actually, being ready early. What else can we do next time to make sure that we have it set up? Oh, so um, fail, like fail forward and then choose what you're going to fail at. Uh, kind of look at what how you're feeling and adjust. You still have to adjust and adapt on the way. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, and the story about, uh, I can't remember what book it is, but was it Three Feet from Goal? Mm-hmm. That story comes up for me, like just giving up like when you're like right there, you know, working really hard and you're actually a lot of times, especially like with, uh, if acknowledgement goes out for what you're actually doing, then you could be right around the corner from a great success. Yeah. Remind me about that in a sec. So I want to address what you, you mentioned earlier. Is, uh, okay. You're kind of talking about social ramifications. Well, yes, I see that um, because I noticed that one of the social ramifications, if you don't do something and are successful in it, might lose your place in social position by whatever age you're supposed to be at a certain place. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the hardest things to do. I've learned you have to ignore people. Like, it's difficult to find a balance of getting advice and telling someone to shut up. And not, not necessarily. Like, sorry, I don't mean like that. But telling someone just flat out to, look, I, I, like I've had people, I've had to train my friends to ask me if I want advice. Mm. And I saw a lot of the time say, no, that's okay, thank you. Because they want to better the show or they want to do something. I'm like, no, that's okay, thank you. I'm on a path. I'm working on this. And sometimes I ask for opinions. Like, you guys have heard me do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like a balance figuring that out because what, for me, what I've discovered is that a lot of time all these other thoughts will pop in my head and now I'm not clear on my path or my direction and also how they perceive it, because they're not doing it most of the time, the people that want to give you opinions. The ones that have done it or, or whatnot, they get what you're struggling with, and they have a totally different context or even tone of voice how they say it. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other thing you were talking about is, uh, I think you were kind of addressing the work it takes, like three feet from gold. Mm-hmm. They didn't know they were three feet from gold. They didn't know if it was going to be another year before they hit gold, if they were ever. And it's it's good to read it in the book to get the idea, but we don't know when Arnold's going to come on the show, to use that example again. Yeah, that's actually it what might I'm be, about. Yeah. It might be five years. My friend, it took him 30 years to become friends with Arnold Schwarzenegger. 30 years. Like, he met him once, and Arnold doesn't remember meeting him before, but he knows him by name now. And he has his phone number, and they talk, and he met him at at this event. That's why I use him as a good example. Now, he went in different ways all that time, and maybe he didn't, like, hone in on meeting him and and making a relationship with him. Mm -hmm. That's why it took 30 years, but he never gave up on the goal. It just became a different priority. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But we don't know what work it will take to get to the place we want because – there's a lot of work, and the greats are always telling you failure and the work it takes. 
And if I told you, like I read this uh, uh, meme, meme? Yeah, meme from Kevin Hart yesterday that said, if I told you how much, he called, he didn't call it work, he called it effort. something else, effort, whatever, it worked. Basically work. If I told you how much work I've had to do to get to this point, you wouldn't believe me. Mm-hmm. And what I've realized as I work is that we want it like, I did this for five hours, this should appear. I emailed a hundred, a few hundred people. I should have three stars on the show. That's not how it works. You have to work and align and train and skill and have the right things that you say to get that star on your show or to get those that six pack. I mean, that's a little different, but no. But it's the same thing. It's like the whatever you're measuring your success or your goal. Whatever that measurement is, it no longer has any value if you're if you can't get through your failures, right? That's what I'm hearing. Is like uh, because if, if we're not willing to accept failure in whatever it is that we're ambitious for, then um, we're going to fail a couple times mm-hmm. and we'll quit. Yeah, the failure, the failure I call it practice. It also could be just failure, just worked. Oh, didn't work out this time. We didn't mm-hmm. so far. Use this show as an example. We didn't have any callers or comments yet. When will that happen? Then it's like a stream. I don't know. We'll keep working on bettering our product. Like I mentioned that to you guys when we first started. Yeah. They might think, okay, this isn't working. It might take a year for it to work or longer. But what are the results? What are we doing? How much is it, is it going to take? Um, well, and I also get that it's not cookie cutter. Like one show might be different from another or mm-hmm. my business might be different from another practitioner. And instead of like trying to fit a cookie cutter role and then expecting results, I just stay present to what's going on. Well, why isn't it working for me? Well, what do I need to do different, you know, and really just kind of letting go of the attachment and just saying, here's my commitment. What's the next step forward? Yeah, that's, that's actually great. cool. Cause yeah. then I don't feel failure. I'm just like, Oh, well, something's not working. Yeah. So why do you take it with that and go ahead? Okay, with my stuffed nose. Okay. Um, So what I want to look at today is more around um, the perceptions that drive our behavior patterns. So, you know, we're talking about failure and we're talking about goals versus dreams. Like a lot of that is like a matter of semantics or a matter of perception. And how something occurs to us is exactly how we're going to be about it. So if I feel like a failure, there's a certain way I'm going to be about it. Probably going to be more resigned or defeated or tired or not willing to just, you know, go gung-ho again. You know, like my motivation goes away. So what I work with is really looking at um, what's at the core. And what I've discovered even neurologically is it's our core beliefs about ourselves. That's what drives everything. So it's not even my perception about somebody else or a different business or a different product or an experience. It's about what I make that mean about myself. So coming from I'm a failure is much different than experiencing that my phone failed at a specific function, Mm -hmm. right? Or I failed at keeping my phone intact. That's like an action, right? Or something external. It's a circumstance versus it being a personal value about myself. So um, we actually work with people to switch those beliefs neurologically. um, And they actually are set in our brain before age six. So they're our core beliefs. And, um, you know, every person that I've worked with has the same negative belief. I'm a failure. I'm not lovable and acceptable. I'm not successful. I'm not good enough. I'm not valuable. This is what we all as humanity end up dealing with. And what's so interesting is that internal dialogue you talked about. When you actually start knowing that there's this automatic part of your brain, it's called the hippocampus. It's um, a survival center. Animals even have it. And um, it's a center for learning. So it processes all the stimulus that we're exposed to. It puts it, you know, in long-term memory, short-term memory, You know, it it judges whether it's relevant or not, whether it's safe or not, that type of thing. Um, It produces this internal dialogue. 
It actually produces emotional responses, which are chemical, they're physical, um, and thought processes, which are very physical. So when you start looking at the internal dialogue that stops you from being in reaction, most people don't realize that that's like an automatic physiological response of the brain that animals even have. It's not necessarily like our higher thinking self or our conscious self or, you know, the, the we that has values, right? It's just this animalistic survival part of our brain. So when people actually start like observing, like I say, stop and listen. What are you feeling? What are you thinking about it? You can start catching that there's all this illogical, you know, reasoning in your brain that has nothing to do with what you're committed to. And you can actually start distancing yourself from it. Like, oh, my God, I'm not a failure. I just did three, you know, three minutes of boxing this morning instead of three sets of five minutes or whatever, right? It's a totally different perspective. So what I would encourage is really start listening to the internal dialogue. And you can start figuring out what those subconscious, and that's a physical part of your brain, what are those subconscious beliefs saying that are driving the show? And you'll notice that it's mostly negative. So when you say listen to the internal dialogue, I just want to make sure you don't mean like listen and obey. Oh, right. You no. mean like notice? Yes, like listen okay. to it like it's a country song on the radio. <laughs> And my dog died, and my wife, whatever, and I'm never going to stop nothing drinking my beer. I don't know why you do that anyway. But seriously, when I know I'm listening to a song on the radio, I'm not all like living like it's true. You like, know? oh no, my dog died. Yeah. Right, that's so true. So I learned about this, and you guys, um, well, I knew this about processing relief before we did our landmark training. But in landmark, you master that voice. You really see that it's not you. It's some part in your brain has nothing to do with who you are or even reality. It's just a survival mechanism, and it's always present. So I understood all that. Most people know that there's a little voice in their head interacting with everything. Are these people for real? You know, do I like what they have to say? Am I going to get value out of this? Could I, could I be doing it better, et cetera? And um, about three weeks later after I took the landmark form, you know, I, um, I had a terrible morning. Okay. Let me tell you my morning. So I woke up late cause I went to bed late. You know, I like missed my alarm. Um, I hadn't prepared food the night before, so I didn't really have anything to eat. So I grabbed one spoonful of peanut butter, right. And I have blood sugar issues. I'm like, crap, I'm going to crash. You know, I trip on a pile of, uh, clean towels, that have been sitting on the floor for <laughs> three weeks. Okay. Um, house is a mess. I mean, this is just insane. Okay. So I'm like getting stuff ready. You know, I'm driving on my way to work. I should freaking call in sick. Like I'm tired. I don't have food. You know, there's no way that I can perform today. You know, like how stupid I'm an adult and my towels have been on my floor for three weeks. And I, I fell down when I tripped. Like, it was not just a trip, you know, you, like, fall down on the floor. How stupid. So, anyway, I'm driving to work, and this song's on me, the country song thing. I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is all the meaning, and I'm physically tired, and I don't want to do my day, and I'm feeling horrible, and I'm emotionally, like, disappointed in myself and overwhelmed and all this stuff. And I just saw the little machine in my head judging and analyzing everything that had happened. So I was like, okay, so what actually happened? Well, I stayed up late helping friends that needed help. That's what happened. So I went to bed late because I was helping my friend. I woke up late because of all of that. I ate a spoonful of peanut butter. I tripped on my towels. Kind of funny. I'm driving to work. There's a grocery store on the way. I love my job. I'm like, everything is going to work out. In that moment, I'm serious, the sky looked bluer and brighter, and I wasn't tired. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, I just saw actions. Like, okay, how can I have somebody from the office go get food, you know, so I can take my first client, eat after, you know? And I just it totally changed my perspective about my whole day. Now, that's not just positive thinking. That's, like, really getting 
that all of my immediate reactions about something are just automatic and it's a six-year-old throwing the fit. Mm. It's true because those beliefs are set by age six and everything in the subconscious part of your brain operates from that level. It's all survival. So when I actually understand that and I'm able to step away and say, what am I really committed to today? Even my emotional state changes. So that's where I want to go with all this about goals is if, if there's something that, you know, people, you know, I have them look at patterns. There's something in your life that you really, really want. And no matter what, you just can't get it. Start looking at the stuff that's hidden that you haven't looked at before. What are those internal little messages that are running the show? You know, and likewise, if there's something you don't like in your life um, that you just can't disappear, you know, fights or relationship issues or you pick the same kind of men or you just can't lose the weight or, you know, whatever you like, overbook yourself all the time or you never get time with friends, like whatever that is. Or nothing ever works. Nothing ever works. Whatever's not working, if that's a pattern in your life, you're creating it from a six-year-old point of view. Mm. And if you can actually bring awareness to that, and that's what I help my clients do, and we shift that in an hour, and literally people see the past, present, and future completely different in an hour. Rape cases, I mean, it doesn't matter what your past has been. Um, the stuff is so powerful. So really looking at what drives the behavior patterns, which creates the results you have, might be something a little bit deeper in the background. Any questions or comments about that? I loved your vivid example. That was perfect. Thank you. It was good, but um, what, I guess my question is, is um, not like we've been through the training, um, so that makes sense, <clears throat> but the what we call the internal dialogue or the voices in our head before our training, I always thought it was strange, and I, was, I would never talk to anybody about it. Hmm. Um, but, and that might be the case for a lot of people, but um, what are some effective applications for interrupting those sequences or those recurring events? Like, you know, first of all, I understand, first of all, you have to acknowledge them, but then what? Like, what are the... Hmm. Can you give me an example? Just can we think of an example that we can? I don't. Well, practical I mean, you're late for work and you're hard on yourself. That's one of those conversations. It's uh -huh. you know. Okay. Yeah. So um, what I have my clients do, um, which helps. So eventually, it's really easy to do this in your brain in a moment. I've actually, um, I from childhood issues. I got triggered, so it's like a PTSD trigger. And in one second, I was able to completely stop a full-on PTS, like freeze in your tracks trigger. So it is easy to actually do this, like in your head, mm -hmm. um, but not at first, usually because it's so new. Um, so what I have people do is just write, you know, separate two sides of the paper and write down everything that happened, kind of like my story, what actually happened today. Do 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 do. And then I write down all my emotions and all my feelings and what I, how I think it's going to go, like everything else, right? On the other side? On the other side. Oh, okay. So I can actually visually see the facts very clearly, what could anybody that was observing with binoculars see happening. Um, and then on the other side of the paper, all of my own judgments and analyzing and emotions and responses and what does this mean. Um, after that, I really go through that meaning side and I say, is any of this real? Is any of it based in reality? Mm. No. Mm. My overwhelm for tripping on the towels because I'm a stupid adult who can't get my life together. None of that's real, right? It's just not. All that happened was what happened and I can choose to make it mean what I want. So I actually get to create, once I've gone through and I look just how non-reality all my immediate responses are, it kind of, you know, allows me to just separate and look objectively at what's happening. And then I look at who I'm being about it. Well, before I was being overwhelmed. Now, um, in my example, what was I being? I think I was being excited. Mm. I was actually excited for the, the work that I was going to do that day and the lives I was going to touch. And that changed how I was being about it. So, you know, once I'm looking at, you know, I'm feeling better, I'm being excited, I'm being different, you know, not overwhelmed based on all of my immediate reaction. 
Then I'm like, okay, well, what's what's the next practical thing to do? I need so, to get food. It sounds like it sounds like it's a choice. So mm -hmm. the, that most people don't think they have. Right. So it's it's like um, if I were to build a metaphor, it would be like we're we're all just walking along on a road. For some of us, the road is really murky and rainy and dingy, and it's you know our feet are wet and we're complaining about it. And there's a sidewalk with sunshine. So I can either choose to continue to drudge along or I can just stop and just go walk on the sidewalk rather than on the muddy road. Like, that's what it sounds yeah. like. It sounds yeah. like the choice. sounds like the cho there's an, an availability or there's an options, options of mindsets that are available when we're aware of them. And, you know, like as we've done our training, um, I think it's brought out the awareness and the intentionality and the, and the purpose and the causality that we can have in our own lives. Um, but for those who are like struggling and they're like, they're like, no way, you, you know, you guys can be on a show and you can, you know, have all this talk, but there is actually what like about a me going through a divorce. What about me? And I hate my job. What about me? And blah, blah, blah. Yes. It works in all those instances. So there is, there's a practical reality for somebody, no matter where you're at in your life. Yes. And if you can't see it, that's why there's coaching. Um, but I love, so you show up to work late, you're beating yourself up. Is that going to produce any results? No, usually you're going to like nothing get out of communication. You're going to be super weird and awkward and you're going to like over apologize, but nothing proactively is actually going to happen. So if we use that exercise, write down on a piece of paper, okay, I showed up at work, blah, blah, blah. What am I making it mean? How am I being about it? Well, really hard on myself and disempowered and kind of, you know, blah, blah, blah. Well, who do I want to be? I want to be confident. I'm going to go to my boss. I'm going to acknowledge that I'm late. I'm going to look at why I was late and, and put a structure in place to make sure it doesn't happen again and tell my boss that. And is there anything else, sir or ma'am, that would have this be cleaned up with you? I value my job and this is, was out of integrity for me. Do you know how good that person is going to look to their boss? versus cowering away, you know, and being late, and then it's probably going to happen again, you know. So there's really a practical, a different practical outcome when you separate all the internal dialogue from what's actually happening and you respond based on what you're committed to. I think it's really cool because I think, it's like, as we were talking before, in the creation of goals, it brings up that um, a lot of us who deal with that internal dialogue may not even know or be aware of what goals are even possible or the goals that we actually have might even or the dreams that we have may not even be obtainable but there's a lot of practical solutions to get them on the court so to speak and to discern whether or not you know because you could you could have a dream that you've been attached to since you were like six years old yeah. and by actually getting out and being in communication with a coach or with somebody you might get that complete and just move on. It might have been lingering for six, you know, since you were six. So I think that that's pretty cool because it points to how many options are actually available um, in our lives, you know. My Great. mentor said we have a broke, we have broke. broken what? Wanters. Wanters. Like I don't know what I want, right? Like I don't know how to want no. everything I want. Like one down. Yeah. Broken. Well, that... Um, can I put a plug in yeah. for our show? Yeah, so, uh, I... Okay, great. <laughs> I just... What I want to say is, you know, you can call in with what you're stuck with and get coaching on our show and actually get unstuck. So everything we're talking about that's possible, we'll be on the air again next week. Um, again, with live coaching available. And uh, we'll get over those minutes because we started late. But... Uh, the uh, what was I going to say? Summer. <clears throat> I don't know. Yeah. But next week our show is about health goals. Uh, we will be talking about healthy living. Yep. So I'm going to cover um, eating well with kids and food that tastes good. And I think McCall will be talking about autoimmunity. Yes, and let me share with you that you can actually disappear autoimmunity. That's not something that most doctors tell you because it's not inside of their scope of practice. So um, I'm going to talk to you about the root causes of autoimmunity. 
manage that and regulate your immune system entirely so that ideally you can be symptom free. And uh, Heber will be talking about happiness, dopamine, and body happiness. Sure. Do you have anything to say about that? No. Can you look a little happier? (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I'll be talking about how to adjust your diet sustainably and permanently. Uh, You don't need to do a diet, but you can gradually take out things and add things to your life so it becomes a lifestyle, not a crash, not for the wedding, not Mm -hmm. for whatever your goal is, spring, New Year's, et cetera, et cetera. Start doing it now, and then you can work through that and adjust your diet so you can stick to it. And if you want to work with me, you can reach out to me here on Messenger or go to adamtagledean.com or Google Ultra Perform, and you'll see a whole bunch of stuff about that. And if you want to reach out to these guys, how do we do that? You can reach me at elizabeththeinterpreter.com and book a free consultation on there, or just um, Facebook me, message me, and find you. Um, email works great for me, info at integritywellness.org. Facebook Messenger. And we all do free consults. Yeah, we all do free consults, so you're welcome to reach out to us if you have any questions, and we can also then set up a time with you that we'll give you an hour. You guys do an hour? Yep. Give it an hour free consult, and you'll get value from it. So for some reason you don't want to work with us, at least take the freebie and uh, see how it goes. Thank you guys for listening and watching the Mastermind in Your Pocket, where we get together experts from around the world and we share different topics, and we answer your questions and problems. See you later. Bye. Will you end that one?